When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast, where we have a special show. I, I've noticed... My name's Jack. I'm with Max. I've noticed, Max... To every show we do, I introduce as a special episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, we, we're just special, aren't we? Let's, let's yeah, be honest. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. Let's we are not special. Beat around the bush. Let's congratulate exactly ourselves where, we, where we deserve to. We we have a special episode where we'll be talking England team selection. They've selected a new coach. They've dropped their best two players. They're going to the West Indies with a couple of guys I I couldn't pick out of a lineup. It's crazy. <laughs> um, we'll be talking about that first up. Then later on in the episode, we'll be talking about England under-19s defeat to India at the under-19s World Cup in the World Cup final. Uh, it's not really a World Cup final, is it, if it's exclusionary to, to only people under the age of 19. But but we know, we know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, we've got women's ashes. Uh, England lost there too. Um, and we've got PSL corner. So basically on this episode, we'll be talking about how England have lost their best bowlers of all time. Uh, lost the under-19s World Cup, lost the women's ashes, um, and uh, how we lost our minds, uh, Jason Roy. Um, <laughs> nice Max, segue. Max, before we get on with the show, what are the messages for the listeners? The messages for the listeners are to like and subscribe on YouTube. Click the bell icon if there is a bell. Always click a bell if you see a bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, head over to... Twitter and Instagram at the Cricket Pod. Follow us there. Head over to Spotify. Give us a review. We're uh, that's a new thing now. You can review podcasts on Spotify. So yeah. mark it in and technology uh, and, and do your thing. And uh, if you want to support us, then head over to Patreon.com forward slash the Cricket Pod, where we do have a uh, a patron only show up at the moment, counting down yes. our uh, our best cricketers of twenty twenty one. Yeah, if you head over to Patreon, this is this is really the way to support the show. If you're I don't know, walking along the road right now and you think you're listening to the podcast um, in your earphones and you think, 
Hmm. I like this show. I'd like them to do more of it, and I'd like them to to make more than 55p a day doing it. Then the place you need to head is patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod, just like Josh did this week. Our main man, Josh, our new main man, Josh, the 30th main man, Josh, uh, who, who signed up um for, from, from from as little as four pound a month uh, patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod we had and one of the patrons was i was chatting with them earlier on today mark um he he he'd listened to our ipl show max mm-hmm. uh, where, where we did uh most expensive player or who we thought would be the most expensive player who we thought would be a bargain uh and who we thought would be the biggest con yeah he wants to know which one, which member of the cricket podcast or extended family would would be the biggest con in real life cricket? Um, he okay. he he thinks you may have been unfairly fingered for for your bad bowling um, when when I in actual fact you're a wicketkeeper. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I mean, well, that's, but I am a wicketkeeper, so yeah, that, I do have an excuse for my bad bowling. And uh, when it comes to the nets, which we're heading down to tomorrow, I may suggest, because we've got a bowling machine, apparently, I might just go and keep wicket so I don't have to bowl and embarrass myself, keep myself out of the limelight. Who's the biggest con? Well, it's got to be Ross, isn't it? It's always Ross. Yeah, I, I, I think... He's um, the one who'd sell himself the most, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you've ever played cricket with, with somebody um, like Ross, what they do... So, you know, at the level of cricket we play, quite often we have guest players ringing us that come in. And if they're any good... Ross will sort of sidle up to them at the drinks break or at half time and start telling stories about how he used to play for three bridges second team. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of person Ross is. He's always on the upsell. Um, and I, I think he'd, he'd probably go for a fair whack at the auction, right? He's got the Glenn, yeah. the Glenn Phillips skill set, can keep wicket, <laughs> bowl a little bit uh, and bat. Yeah. But, but he'd go. He'd go to RCB for about twenty crore, and they'd make him captain, <laughs> and he'd he'd have a terrible season. That's that's what I think would happen. He'd so, say yeah, something uh, bad about Coley and never see the light of day. Uh, Max, let's let's talk about let's talk about big boy cricket. Um, let's talk specifically about the man with his ass in the in the in the air chair, the hottest as, as, of seats. Yeah, the hot seat. Yeah. Um, Paul Collingwood has has been appointed interim head coach of the England men's cricket team for their tour of the West Indies. We'll talk about the selection, um, or the, the well, the big news in a moment. But Paul Collingwood interim. Uh, we we floated his name as somebody that that, that might get the job. Um, Alex Stewart was tipped. Uh, are you at all surprised? Do you have any hot takes? Uh, I'm not at all surprised that they've gone for Collingwood for for the interim. It's the continuity candidate, isn't it? That's a very mm-hmm. ECB move, but I guess it makes sense, right? You know, if you're if you are planning to overhaul things and make some changes and you know split the split the red ball and the white ball, or you know go go and go for a proper uh, interview process and really look at restructuring things, then you might as well promote from within for now until you um, go and sort stuff out. And, you know, the the West Indies tour is approaching pretty quickly. So I had to name a squad pretty quickly. So there's no no use sort of going going mental and, you know, trying to get someone really Good. elaborate in for a potential interim yeah. uh, period if you don't know what the setup's going to look like in three months. So I, th- I think it's okay. I'll reserve judgment until... Do you think... You know, do you done think, some more stuff. Do you think he has any prospect of getting the job full time. I think he'll, if I think he may well end up as the one day coach. 
All right. All right. So I thought this was sort of a signal that they probably wouldn't look at Collingwood long term. Um, I don't I don't think Strauss will fall into what I would call the Solskjaer trap mm. where you you give the you give the job to somebody who's safe for a limited period of time. They do OK. And then three years later, you're fifth in the Premier League and you're out of <laughs> Europe. Like it's uh, I mean, if England, if the England team did make it into the Premier League, that would be really impressive. Right. But um, but I, I thought. I thought this was Strauss sort of looking around, being like, look, we can give it to a safe pair of hands for a short period of time, but somebody that we can easily dispense with. Yeah. Um, somebody who, even if they win 3 0 in the West Indies, we can just say, well done for turning the ship around, Paul. Uh, okay. Now go back to the dog wagger. That's, um, that's, that's what I think is, yeah. is happening here. That seems that's, uh, that's a, fair, a fair assessment. But my, yeah, my question would be whether uh, Andrew Strauss remains the director of cricket for the foreseeable or whether he puts in place whatever he thinks it should look like, hands it over to someone else and they go, ah, oh, Paul, you've done a decent job. Why don't you carry on while I look for something else? I think there's more chance of Andrew Strauss staying in position than there is of Paul Collingwood staying yeah, in position. I would be fine with that. Yeah. Anyway, um, the other news, so we, we've done Collingwood. He's out of the way. He's off the docket, the, the cricket podcast docket. Uh, Max didn't know what a docket was until I explained it to him earlier on. I'm not a man of the people. Um, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the squad selection. Um, now, we have two options here, Max. We can start with the, elephant the guy. In the room? No, the guy named Fisher. Okay. Or we can start with the guy named Lease. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, no, let's, no let's, let's not fuck around here uh, because time is money, especially on YouTube where, where it's just like it's fucking cliff it's like something from the winter olympics sheer um <laughs> as soon as you go off topic well the free ski slope in the middle of a nuclear yeah, reactor yeah. or what the hell that is yeah um england have made the interesting decision to drop stuart broad and james anderson from their tour of the west indies now mm. this is interesting for a few reasons um w- one of the reasons is that they're dropping probably their first or second best bowler uh another reason the series will be played with a duke's ball um i don't know if you know much about anderson and broad max um but they're quite good with yeah. the duke's ball third I've heard rumors i've heard rumors third seam bowling in the west indies is you know it's at an all-time it? high it's the yeah. it's the best it's ever been uh you can romp through teams surprising that you drop your two best seamers for mm. for for that and, and and surprising they'd sort of allow themselves to be dropped and fourth you know it's a time of turmoil and change for the the england cricket team you would think that having somebody like anderson or somebody like broad in the 11 providing you know the the an echo a faint echo of of experience from the time when england used to be good at cricket um to 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 rub off rub the echo off on the on the other players in the dressing room so that they may somehow amplify the echo and make England good again. Um, so bearing all of that echo shit in mind, Max, yeah, yeah. Um, are, are, is, this, is this an idiot thing to do? I have been trying to rationalise it in my mind. I've been sort of thinking about, you know, the, the plausible reasons you might have for dropping Broad and Anderson. Um, the only one argument you can possibly make is having a look at, you know, new people because 
they are 35 and 39. So we will have to find some new people to bowl in uh, the next few years. That's unavoidable. So absolutely, we should look at some new people. But that doesn't um, fit with A, dropping both of them. That's insane. That's absolutely mad. And B, picking Craig Overton. If you're going to look at new people, why are you picking Craig Overton? What's the fucking point of that? Come on. Like, just have one of Broader Anderson instead of Craig Overton. I mean, great. We get, like, Matthew Fisher had a really good year in the county championship, averaged about 19 and a half with the ball, I think. You know, Sakeem Mahmood was uh, mentioned when England were down under and, and struggling. Um, and, you know, Ollie Robinson and Mark Wood are going to be, like, the future mainstays of the England attack. Chris, Chris Wokes, obviously, we know all about. Um, we got a couple of new guys in there, but I mean, are we really going to have a look at Craig Overton? Is he what? Why? He's a, no, he's the man who comes in when you've got seven people injured. That's what he does. Yeah. Um, it, so we did get some insight into this decision making process. They wheeled out Andrew Strauss, or maybe, maybe Andrew Strauss wheeled himself out. I'm not sure who <laughs> wheels him around. Maybe, maybe he has some kind of motor um device that that means he he can he's you know what i mean um self-propelled there's, there's too many awkward metaphors in this podcast so far i'm going to try and rain it rain it in wind my neck in otherwise we'll we'll never get to the point Time, we're all very um, he said some stuff and i've got some choice quotes here that, that i think i think we can we can dive into a little bit he said one of the things he said was the truth is our test team haven't performed well for a while now uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, and our batting in particular hasn't been up to the level it needs to be. Uh, Anderson secondly, does average about six. That's true. It's not very yeah, good. And Stuart Broad, it's a long time since that century. Yeah. Um, secondly, if we want to be the best in the world, we have to win away from home consistently. So there's two points to unpack here, isn't there? The batting point, um, specific, he was relevant. specifically talking about Broad and Anderson, um, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. They've dropped Rory Burns. That makes sense. They've dropped Hasib Hamid. That makes sense. He wasn't talking about that. He was specifically talking about Broad and Anderson. Um, so I didn't really get that. Second is this point about winning away from home. Now, I don't know if you remember the Ashes uh, or whether you've, you've deleted that from your, from your memory. Yeah, I've compartmentalised um, and suppressed. But right back at the beginning of that, we tried this thing without, without Broad and Anderson. <laughs> Do you remember this? Broad and Anderson. <laughs> yeah. We picked Wood, Robinson, Wokes, Leach, uh, and Stokes as the bowling attack. Which, let's be honest, that's you get good odds on that being the 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 bowling attack for the the game at the Viv Richards Stadium. Uh, yeah. I think that's where the first match is on on uh, on the starts on the fourth of March. Um, you get pretty good odds on that on that being the bowling attack. Mm. There, um, it wasn't very good. And when you brought Anderson and Broad back into the team, England's away from home bowling unit looked a lot better. Now, I know you've got to think about what might happen down the road and so on. But Broad himself made a really good point in this area, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it. Sometimes you just have to look at the test match in front of you, the series in front of you, and think, how can we win that? And I think, you know, I've read out that quote from Strauss there. I've got three more of these quotes, so we we, we, we can go into this as much as you want. I read, that quote from, I read out that quote from, from Strauss, and I just, I just don't think he's right, Max. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think he's right either. I mean, like, yeah, but why is he talking about the batting when we're talking about uh, Broad and Anson? It's mad. Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, never also, is it, when is it ever more important to like actually focus on the test in front of you and try and 
get some confidence into a team than when you've just been absolutely battered. Yeah, that is true. You know, like they're at their lowest ebb at the moment, right? They've just had pelters from left, right, and centre. You know, deserving or otherwise, everyone is in the firing line of uh, how bad England were in Australia. So, you know, yeah, try and turn the corner. Try and like get some confidence in people. Try and turn things around. And yeah, maybe we all go and win three 0 with this uh, bowling lineup. And maybe you know Matthew Fisher will take twenty five wickets. What? Like, do. That'd be pretty yeah, good, wouldn't take it? Every every wicket in the <laughs> series. Like, but I mean, just the the reality. Yeah, the reality is it just doesn't add up, does it? It just it just seems bizarre. The and you can't you can't put a rest angle on it because it's three tests. Uh, it's a few months after the Ashes. And it's the Caribbean. The that is rest. Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the next series isn't until what June against New Zealand at home. Yeah. So like you don't don't you can't you can't play that angle. They're they're not off to go. They're not going to the IPL. I mean, yeah, Mark Wood <laughs> might actually go to the IPL. Chris Wokes might go to the IPL. So it's yeah. That's Odd. it. This is this is what I'm saying. Like every time, every way I try and look at it, everything you try and every way you try and cut it doesn't make sense apart okay, from so they're just shuffling them off to the, time there's one angle there's one angle here and i think um straussy let's call him straussy uh, alludes to this a little bit in the second quote uh, it is the start of a new cycle this is andrew straussy not me uh, and it is a refresh and a reset of the dressing room uh, the, the uh, and that the dressing room will feel very different without broad and anderson in it over the course of the tour but i wouldn't in any way want people to think that and that Broad and Anderson aren't thoroughly professional in everything they do in an England shirt. That's why they've been as successful as they have been in England colours. Uh, they've still got an o- a lot to offer both on and off the field. So there's a, there's why would a you little say bit, that unless you don't believe it. There's a little bit of subtext, I think, here to this, this particular quote. Hmm. And I, I think it comes from, from the dressing room point of that message i wonder and we're looking here at paul collingwood as probably the interim coach who will be transitioning to to a new coach i think there's there's two things that i think you can read into this one maybe uh, and this is a stretch maybe broad is a little bit disruptive in the dressing room maybe he (laughs) maybe he says (laughs) maybe he says what he thinks a bit too much and, and if england are thinking you know where do we go how do we transition to something else over the next two three years Maybe a way to do that is to take one of the bigger characters out yeah. of the dress. It's a classic Heaven, Mourinho move, yeah. isn't it? You know, you Heaven get rid forbid of the big someone dog. has an opinion. Um, yeah, so I, I was wondering if that. I, I think the second thing that he might be doing here, as he knows that probably himself and, and Paul Collingwood are going to be interims, they can get rid of Broad and Anderson, and then the next guy comes in when he eventually drops Broad and Anderson won't be doing it for the first time. There'll be a mm. precedent set that this is a thing that England can do. We can move on Human from this. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't know if there's any credence to either of those points of view. I hadn't thought about the human shield aspect, but um, certainly what you're saying about the subtext, I mean, that it's, it's almost, yeah, it's almost a case of what he said is the opposite of what he means there in, in terms of you think, yeah, I, I've, I've nav- I would never question their professionalism as, as in like, why would you even have to say that? Well, the way he says it, the opposite, the way he says it. And we are, you know, we're over and sometimes these selection shows are really boring. They're one of the least favorite things I do on the, on this podcast, but sometimes it's fun because you get to like pointlessly overanalyze things. (laughs) I thought when he was saying this, because there's a video of this, I thought it was almost a slip of the tongue that, that he'd mentioned the dressing room. And then he needs next sentence. He was like, I better correct that so that nobody picks, you know how people do sometimes they say, so they, 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 
I don't know. They, they say, oh, I don't really like pasta. And they're like, but I love yours. Uh, you know, that kind of, that <laughs> kind of behavior. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it felt a little bit like that. And um, there's a couple of other points in there as well. He talks about the cycle. Um, it, does he mean the two-year cycle to the next home ashes or the four-year cycle to the next away ashes there? Um, because I do think, and in another quote, he talks about the option, giving, giving the next guy options. I, I, I do think if they are looking over four years' time, taking a little bit of pressure off the next person when it comes to Broad and Anderson by freeing up the selection for, for those spots in the team. It doesn't not make sense, right? Um, it, yeah. It, yeah. Um, final quote. Please. Uh, they're v- both very disappointed. Uh, and that doesn't surprise me. They're very passionate about playing for England. So I hope that they understand that the rationale for the decision-making, and I hope uh, they also understand that no one is saying this is the end of the road for either of them. I suppose there is a danger that they see it that way. Uh, but I was trying to be as clear as I can with them. I suppose their job right at this moment is to get themselves fired up and ready to go for the start of the international summer in June. Um, it sounds there like they will be back in the, in, in, in the team. Mm. Um, it, it, it doesn't sound like the conversation that Andrew Strauss has had with Broad and Anderson is that you are gone forever. It's maybe... You're playing at home and only at home. Uh, could be at home, maybe uh, only at home. That He could be saying, we don't think the West Indies are very good and we think we can send uh, um, some of our reserve bowling options there. Yeah, works in the T20 games, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and if, it, if it works out, then we have we have a bit more depth beyond Ollie Robinson and Chris Wokes we, yeah. uh, and Wood. We have, we have some other options, but you'll probably be back for the games against um, South Africa and New Zealand in, in the summer when, um, when the going probably be a bit tougher mm. um do, do what, what's your take on this do you think that mark ramprakash was saying this is the end for broad and anderson do you do you agree uh i well i i, I don't think so. they can't be the end because they're too good certainly can't be the end for broad uh he's only 35 it's not like he's you know yeah <laughs> and in england in, and in england bowling years that's about 20 yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yes. he's only just hit his strides at the peak of his powers um it's not. It couldn't possibly be the end. Imagine the furore. No chance. It'd, it'd be a really odd way. Yeah, it'd be a really odd way for them to go. I can't see that anyone would would kind of do that to them. They're not the main offenders here. They're not hanging on beyond the point at which they are they are useful. The the initial response to the the Strauss quote that, that we talked about. They were the best bowlers that England had in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, Anderson's got better away from home. He was great in India. He was good in Australia. It's yeah. it's Broad was good in Australia. It's um well like Broad, Broad and Anderson have been England's leading wicket takers for what was what's it been the last ten years in a row? Like, yeah, possibly. They've got eleven hundred wickets between them. It's, it's just yeah. It's to throw all of that away in one one go is a bit seems a bit silly. And you just need, yeah, I feel like there just needs to be a bit more, you know, sort of half and half integration. When terms oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm not here saying that Broad yeah. and Anderson should be playing 14 tests a year, being every every lineup. Yeah. That would be that would that would equally be insane, um, or be as equally insane rather. Um, but it's yeah, you, it's an odd thing to do to drop both of your best players um, going into. To well, two of your three because Joe Root's there as, as yeah. well, isn't he? And there well, are no, some Jerry, more... Jerry's there, but he'll be play, he'll be batting where he doesn't want to bat. Well, let's go on to that in a second. There's there's one more general point or a couple more general points I, I wanted to touch upon here, and one of them is just sort of the reaction to this from the point of view of an England fan. 
Mm. Um, we, we, we kind of analysed there, but we haven't really talked about it from the the perspective of someone who is emotionally invested in this side and and will tune into BT Sport till 10 in the evening and, and watch the boys in the Caribbean. Because um, at the moment, this team isn't much fun to watch. They bat like shit. They make a load of stupid decisions. They say some really stupid things. They drop they catches. actively they drop a load of catches. They make they play with like this really lethargic level of intensity. It's not apart from when Joe Root is batting, they never really do anything that actually looks like they might get on top of the opposition. Um, one of the things that actually made them worth watching was Broad and Anderson because you had, mm. you know, definite greatness on display when they bowled, particularly when they bowled with a new ball and particularly when they bowled in health conditions. You know, it's, it's, it wasn't always gravy for sure. But um, when they did bowl, you, 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 got, uh, you got a window to, to greatness. You got the fun of the pursuit of records. You saw the ball going all over the place. You saw professional batters all at sea. Uh, and it is a shame that that, I think, from a fan's point of view, has has been removed. You, you can go back to that point or the, the point I made about Wokes, Robinson, Leach, uh, Wood being the likely bowling lineup. Now, they're all okay bowlers. They're all fine bowlers. It It is also the, the bowling lineup that got pumped by the Australians <laughs> two months ago. Uh, and none of them, with the greatest respect here, are, are greats, are they? Uh well, no, I guess not. Mark Wood is exciting, though, isn't he? I, I, you know, I tune exciting. in to watch Mark Wood bowl. Yeah. We, that's what we, we were talking about on um, last week. When, or was it? Was it last week? Or was it even on Monday? I can't remember. These these days fly by. But <laughs> talking about people that you would turn on the television to watch play cricket and Broad and Anderson. Uh, yeah. You know, if there's a test match on their bowling, they very much fall into that category. And you look at that England side, and you're like, who am I going to turn on the TV to watch play? And yeah, I mean, it's you wood. Take those out, and it's Mark Wood, basically. It's Wood and, and Root, and Root if he's batting. So, um, yeah, yeah, you don't want to watch uh, him captain. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's um, it takes a bit of the takes a bit of the dynamism out of it. But there is obviously, you know, for for that, there's the chance for someone else to to step up and you know put in a performance that makes you go. Have a have a look and go. I you know I I really want to see them play. I really want to see Matt Parkinson play. I want to see Matt this Parkinson is this play. is we're transitioning on really nicely to the 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 next bit, which we can do a little bit quicker. I don't think we need to go into it in as much detail. Uh, the the new guys in the squad. Um, I'm not going to read it out. I think you can find that on the internet by looking up England squad. Um, if you are listening at home, if you're walking along and you'd like me to do the list, tough. Um, <laughs> who are you looking forward to seeing in this in the side? We know we're going to see Alex Lees, the tall guy, averages yeah. 35, plays for Durham, been pretty good in the last couple of years. He's going to be opening the batting. There's no reserve openers, so he's going to get three tests, I think, here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd have picked him. Um, I'm interested to see what he does. Uh, he probably wouldn't have been the next cab off my particular rank. Um, but I, I'm interested in that. I really want to see Parkinson play, because yeah. I think leg spinners are just fun as shit, aren't they? Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> Anyone else here that we should be thinking about? Um, well, I'd, I'd be interested to see um, Matthew Fisher because I haven't seen much of him any t- in any uh, yeah. form of cricket. In all honesty, I don't, you know, I haven't watched him much. Uh, whether he'll actually get a chance, uh, we'll see. You know, maybe he'll he'll get a game in uh, the second or, or third test. But like, yeah, Matt, Matt Parkinson is top of the list of people I want to see actually get a chance. Um, Alex Lee's, as you say, you know, he, he averages 34, but again, you know, you, you'll have, 
if there's you know if the if the averages are trending in the right direction then uh, that's not so much of a problem and also maybe averaging 34 when you play at Chester Street is more like averaging 44 who knows um, that's what they're thinking isn't it yeah yeah uh so yeah uh always interested to see how a new opener gets on as a you know as a batter myself um always always want to want to see who uh, who the next man is and also with the uh interest of uh you know the the kind of uh well morbid curiosity that comes with being an england fan to see who's the next poor puppy to get uh it'd be good if they were good wouldn't it if yeah. like alex lee scored 300 runs across the series mm. maybe got a ton he he does only have two tons in the last two and a half years i think in first class cricket yeah, right. maintained a healthy average. <laughs> maintained a healthy average, but it's he's not he's not a daddy hundred guy, as far as I can no. I can tell. Well, his top score is um, two hundred and seventy five not out. So. Okay, so he's a daddy hundred guy, but he doesn't score many hundreds. There you go. Seventeen first. Which way do you want it? Um, Matthew Fisher. If you Google Matthew Fisher, but you get something you get, else, don't you? Like you a get a musician or something. You get Professor Matthew Fisher, Imperial College uh, expert. In emerging pathogenic fungi. Oh, uh, yeah. He researches he researches evolution an evolutionary framework to investigate the biological and environmental factors. That blah 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 blah. blah. Um, not the same right. guy. Yeah. So if we get a fungus based <laughs> pandemic next, he'll be a really useful man to get in, get uh, get in touch with. Um, the the musician seems legit. Um, he's he's got a Wikipedia that ranks far above. Um, the cricketer Matthew Fisher, the cricketer. <laughs> Uh, born 7th of March, 1946, one day before my birthday. Uh, the 8th of March bit, not the yeah. 1946 part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the musician? Uh, that's the musician, yeah. yeah. yeah, not, yeah the, right. not the cricketer, that would be a, a late No, game. no, no, he's 27. He's younger than me, like all England players, really. Um, or nearly all England players. Uh, Max, Max, um, my likely 11, I want you to rate this. Mm-hmm. Zach Crawley, um, Lease. It's Alex Lease, isn't it? I've had yeah, a brain Alex fade Lees. there. Yeah. I haven't, I've, see, I've had a glass of um, fine Sauvignon Blanc um, and um, lost my mind. Uh, Lease, yep. Joe Root will be batting at three. Do you want to talk about that? He said he's happy to do it. Um, he, he, it's, it's the classic, do you come in mid-crisis or do you come in and try and stop the crisis decision? Do you bat yeah. three or four? Well, might as well try it again. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Batting four, batting three for England. Is it any? Has it been any different this year? It hasn't, has it? And he's been absolutely fine. He's been de facto batting at three. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I it'll be a combo. It'll be one of these three players at four: Pope, Lawrence, or Bearstow. Um, Stokes mm. will be at five, and then Bearstow or whichever Pope and Lawrence doesn't play will be at six. There's like a little triangle. I'm, I'm obviously best. is definitely going to be four or six. It's just a question of whether he is four or six and which yeah. one of Pope or Lawrence is four or six. Um, ben folks, I think they'll make him the wicketkeeper. I'd be surprised if, um, if they gave the gloves to best though, although they could do it. It is England. Um, yeah. Wokes, Robinson Wood, and then I have Parkinson slash leech, but I just can't see why they, well, I think they're going to pick leech. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I are you inspired? I, I I largely agree with you. I think it might be Dan Lawrence over Ollie Pope. Uh, I agree. Johnny Bairstow will be six. Um, and yeah, I I really want Matt Parkinson to play, but I think they'll play Jack Leach because they probably feel really bad about uh, how yeah. he's how he's been treated and how uh, you know how. So that's good though, isn't it? 
they 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 feel really bad about how he's been treated. They've used him terribly, so they're going to take him to the least f- spin friendly place in the world and um, make him yeah yeah bat eleven, <laughs> not bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, England have dropped from the squad: Don Best, Sam Billings, Rory Burns, Josh Butler, Hasib Hamid, and David Milan. Uh, are you sad to see any of them go? Uh, I'd I'd know is the short answer. I think um, perhaps David Milan good might feel a little. Um, sad because he didn't have a bad Ashes, but I think we all know that it was a temporary fix uh, in crisis as the two-year yeah. plan failed. So, um, and he's not—he's not going to be a future England number three. I think that's fairly clear. So, I, I have no—I have no issues with any of those. Yeah, I can see Milan, Billings, Burns, Butler, and Hamid all never playing Test cricket for England again. Mm. Um, Butler, best, Butler, best Butler I think just will. looked like he didn't want to be there anymore. I mean, when he was keeping wicket, he just looked he just looked sad the whole time. So yeah. I think that I think that might lift England in the field as well. Make Josh Butler like when Sam Billings came in. When Sam Billings came in and kept wicket in in the Ashes, he he was like different. It was it was mad. Yeah. We were just saying, oh, there's someone behind the stumps who's like chipper and chirpy and trying to g things up and enjoying his time. And obviously, it didn't go very well in the end because we uh, we completely we imploded. But um, it was still nice to see a little bit more of, you know, viv and energy in the field. So maybe um, maybe we'll see a bit of that now. Right, yeah. Max, we're going to bring part one of this to a close or this video to a close if you're watching on YouTube. A reminder, a reminder, patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod. Um, the ultimate objective is for us to have enough money that we buy an IPL franchise and we mm. can we'll, then we'll pod, live podcast everything stretch, we that's do. That's the stretch goal. Yeah, that will live podcast everything we do. To do that, we will need, roughly speaking, a hundred million people. I think to, <laughs> to, to, to sign up. Minimum. Yeah, yeah, or a few people paying a bit 10, more. 10 million people paying the top. Mm-hmm. So, more yeah. attainable. Anyway, um, that, that's part one. What a rivalry! Forty years worth, and the next chapter is about to be written. Joe Root wins the toss, decides to bat. It is a courageous decision. There is grass on this Gabba wicket. Let's get it on, Gilly. Oh, but The end swinger from Stark. Immediate breakthrough. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Ruthless start in Australia. It is a first day duck for the England captain. Australia are pinning England to the floor. Within the sound of silence. England roll on the first day for 147. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the Cricket Podcast, where you have reached part two of our episode that we will probably call something like England Selection. Anderson and Broad dropped exclamation mark. Or if you're watching a video, it will be a new video where we're going to do what we like to call cricket news, which is <laughs> which is when we know Sundries. enough about we know we know enough. We we've 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 investigated enough about three four topics. Um, but we don't want to talk about them for more than about five minutes each. So we're just going to blast through on the docket. Max, what's a docket, Max? 
Oh, it's like an agenda or a list, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we have PSL Corner. We have England under-19s, the India under-19s, and we have the uh, women's Ashes, which the Aussies have retained, not losing a single match. Um, where do we want to go first? Uh, why don't we start with youth? Youth. We'll start with youth, but before we get to the youth, a reminder to like, subscribe, follow the Cricket Pod at the Cricket Pod on Insta- Instagram, Twinstagram. I was going to call it Twinstagram. Twinstagram. Hmm. Twitter and Instagram. Twinstagram. Social media for only those born at the same time as their siblings. Oh, could work. It could work. There's a lot of twins out there. Um, and when you find one twin, you've all automatically got another customer. Um, yeah. So it's... Um, which I think is how social media works. Uh, <laughs> could be a good way for reconnecting long lost twins as well. It could be. It could be like, have you ever heard one of those stories about twins? Um, oh, who, where they sort of go and live on the opposite side of the world and end up doing exactly the same job. And they meet. Oh, no. I was like, thinking. Oh, my God. We're both firemen. I was thinking far worse than that. Oh, okay. Um, when, when they get separated. And they meet later in life and they've got loads in common and they get married and then they find out that oh. the oh, right. twins that oh, were okay. separated because they were yeah. orphans. That it's happened, it's true. That's it. oh, um, that's, anyway, that's we're, we're, suck. we're also on Patreon. Um, patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod. Best way to support the show, let's be honest. Uh, from just four bucks a month, you get, and I will list the things here. Extra content. You get a show a month that other people don't get because they didn't pay. You get a Q&A every, I think it's three months, two or three months, where we'll just invite you to Zoom and chat cricket. Um, you get IPL ball-by-ball data. We're, we're loading up for the IPL. We are the only people that have this, I'm pretty sure. You can get it elsewhere as well, but we're the only people that processed it properly so that you can use it uh, and you can download it from our Patreon. Uh, and we've got Discord, which is fun. We, I was chatting discord nonsense today um about the ipl and how all the players are massively underpaid um believe it or not (laughs) let's talk under 19s cricket max what happened uh well yeah final of the under 19 world cup it was between england and india and uh england couldn't really have got off to a much of a worse start they batted first and uh rather than a batting lineup resembled more than a more a, a tumbling tower of cards all except James Rue, who managed to put together an excellent 95 and uh, gave England something to bowl at. Uh, they limped to about 185 uh, all out, which was, um, you know, it's not it's not your, not your best one-day score, but there are some runs that they had to bowl at. So it meant it wasn't a complete blowout of a final. And um, a wicket on the second ball of India's innings meant there was some early hope, but timely 50 from Sheikh Rashid steadied the ship. And despite some regular wickets, which included a pretty stunning catch uh, by the diving Rayan Ahmed, uh, the result never really looked in doubt. And uh, wicketkeeper Dinesh Banner finished it in style with back-to-back sixes, uh, propelling India to their fifth record-extending Under-19 World Cup final. Uh, pretty good, pretty good effort from them. Um, India's dominance continues in Under-19 cricket. Yes, it does. Um... What are the talking points from this match? Um, I, the first place to start, I think, is a big tip of the cap to the India seamers and the India mm. bowling attack in general. Now, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. So I did the research for this segment back on Saturday before we decided to do, switch around the IPL shows. We were going to do the IPL show today, 
and then it turned out we did the IPL show on Monday because Ross wanted to do it and he you know he pissed his pants. It got really upset, literally pissed his pants. It was disgraceful. Um and and so the notes, <laughs> the notes, the notes that I wrote in preparation for Sunday um are a little bit uh I, I've forgotten them basically. You've forgotten them. Um, wow. But you I, them? I could, but I what I'm gonna say is I'm just gonna do it off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure that India in every game they played in, they bowled the opposition team out for under 200 which is uh in odi cricket um it's or a, under 19 odi cricket it's it's fucking good going yeah. like it's they're a really good bowling team and they were they were yeah they were top i mean england's uh i mean they were all proper wickets you know well it wasn't like england's batsmen throwing things away it was hostile uh you know genuine edges to the keeper to the slip there was one in particular um really vicious short ball which was gloved behind um, where it was just like you could see it was someone facing it, being like, "I I don't know how to play this ball. I this, people don't do this to me. I don't know how to play it." And <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was. They they absolutely um, uh, ripped through. And England were what sixty one for six, ninety one for seven, and it was yeah. uh, just under a hundred partnership. Um, yeah, as I said, James James Rue with the big runs that gave England any chance of. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, England, England in the tournament, have played pretty good cricket, to be honest, but they, they'd been sort of propped up by their top order batters. Mm. Um, and the fact that they fell so early and none of them, uh, by top order, I mean, your top three, um, the fact that none of them really did any damage always meant that it was going to be pretty difficult for Brigham to do something. I, I think you see, and with a lot of youth sport, I, I, will, I will confess you, I don't watch loads of it, but often what you see the one or two players that are playing way above the standard that everyone else is playing. And England, one or two players that were capable of doing that were got out so quickly that it they couldn't leave a mark mm. on the game. Now, as it turns out, had one of them managed to get 50, I think England would have had a really good chance of winning this match because it, 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 the, the, their strength, similar probably to this India side, is, is bowling. Um, unfortunately, they didn't, and it was a, it was a little bit one-sided. Uh, the innings from James Rue, 12 fours across the 95, um, was, was good, though. Um, really promising from him. Yeah, it was a classic rebuilding job. He dug in um, at first and sped up. A bit towards the end, but that was, um, it was a, well, I mean, you can throw some cliches at it, can't you? It was uh, uh, an image, uh, an image, uh, an innings of maturity that belied his years, all of those kind of things you can throw about. But yeah, he'll be um, personally happy, I'm, I'm sure, despite the, the team themselves not, not making it. But um, he could, at least, yeah, a, a shining a shining light in, in, that, in that game and a good tournament overall, even though they didn't win. You know, it's, um, it would have been England's first title since 1998, so 24 years. Escothic era, I think that was, wasn't it? Well, I've got yeah. a few names from the, uh, okay, from yeah, the squad, yeah, yeah. if you yeah. want, from that 1998 yeah, no, 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 do it. win. Yeah. Uh, captained, can you tell me who captained uh, England? They did, they did play for England, often in, mostly in one days in the uh, um, 2000s era. Oh, that's going to be a really tricky... O.A. Shah. O.A. Shah, well done. Yeah, is well it really? Done. Yeah, captain You're having o. a lot. <laughs> 54 in the final to steer England home. Um, <gasps> open the batting was uh, everyone's favourite Sky Sport pundit. Um, Rob Key? Rob Key, two for two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, and England's, um, well, yeah, England's most recent best uh, spinner was, was also... This Jack Leach. 
Jack Leach and you know Graham Graham Swan. Uh, Graham Swan was in the side. He batted five in the final. Um, really? Yeah. This he, is what I mean. This is what I mean. Part exactly. Of the partnership with OHR. Great example of what I mean by there's a couple of players that are playing way above the standards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Graham Swan obviously was going to make it as a professional cricketer. And even though his ceiling in proper cricket, in big boy cricket, was never higher than eight, maybe seven, maybe seven at his very best, you could, you could he can bat five at this level because it's yeah. some of those, some of those players just aren't going to make it. Mm. They're amateurs. Mm. Um, England's leading wicket-taker for the tournament. Uh, you will, well, you, you won't guess who it is, so I'll just tell you. It was Graham Napier. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been a pretty pretty yeah. difficult Chris, one. Chris Schofield was in there. Chris Schofield, Surrey legend. He was uh, he was about yeah a few other there was a few other county sort of stalwarts in the side, but also yeah a few names in there that just never, never went anywhere. Michael Goff. So was Tress Gothic in the team or not? No. Just no. Okay. Well, there, there we go. Michael Goff, the umpire. Yeah, yeah. Was he umpiring or was he? <laughs> he played. He played. He, three, end. <laughs> he played three games. Top scored eighteen. Didn't play again. Uh, uh, and then, um, yeah, retired yeah. not long after. Looking, he, had, he went on to captain the England under nineteens for a bit, and then not long after that, retired because he just wasn't enjoying it anymore. Because he clearly preferred umpiring. I, I'm sure on both sides of this game that we'll see some of those players come through and and be pretty good. I, I was impressed with most of the England bowlers. Um, that that I saw, uh, some of them like spray it around a bit, but they're children, so it's 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 okay. Um, uh, they'll be good. We talked yeah, about we the do have to remember that they are literally children. There's there's a little bit of an expectation, isn't there? That is it. I don't know how to pronounce it. So someone will have to correct me in the in in the in the comments. Is it dual or dull? I don't know. There's an expectation that they're going to go for a lot of money in the auction, apparently. So yeah. let's right. okay. Let's let's possibly possibly see. What happens there? Um, next on the docket, the women's ashes. Um, mm. it, it, we talked about the test last week, didn't we, Max? And it we was did. so exciting. And we, we basically said oh, last Monday, was it? I think the, the, the first ODI was the Tuesday or the Wednesday. We were like, let's please, let's let England win the first of those. They bowled Australia out, I believe, for 210. Uh, and then... five and nine. Whatever. Yeah, 205. It's good as bowled out. And then yeah. it, they, they couldn't chase that down. And then... Uh, I, want, I don't want to say the wheels fell off, but... They did a bit, though, didn't they? They did fall off, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was... that. They, they, they missed their opportunity there. And by the third test, they were playing loads of debutantes who were getting ducks. And it, it was yeah. like watching the men's team. Um, mm. What do your notes say on this? Um... Well, yeah, a lot, uh, very similar. <laughs> um, yeah, it all went, it all went very badly. Um, but I think there, there were a few, there were a few positives that England can take. I mean, Kate Cross did pretty well to finish the sort of top joint second top wicket taker for the for the ODI series uh, with five wickets. Given that England actually only managed to take sixteen in three games, uh, I think was it uh, seven, seven or eight wickets. Australia won the uh, third game by. And, um, and five wickets, they won the second by. So you know that's good, good on her. And, and Nat Siver was top scorer for the for the series as well. Um, so yeah, considering the one sidedness, again a good effort. But we you know we know we know that they're experienced and, and, and good players, and it will be a learning curve for some of the um, England women. But yeah, it's just an example, isn't it, of the Australian dominance in in this format. They're just they're just so far ahead. 
uh, by miles, as, by miles, by their you know twenty six game winning run or whatever the hell it was, um, and they're just they're just that bit further ahead and sort of the the development of the national side, aren't they? I mean, they're sort of three years ahead, I suppose, in terms of uh, like the the pay pay increases and things. I think it was twenty seventeen that Australia um, sort of signed their landmark pay deal for the the international women's side, and you know England in comparison expanded their central contracts. Well, they were going to expand the central contracts in 2020 and then obviously pandemic. So uh, that got delayed a bit, but it's just, yeah. uh, it's just sort of it, how the, it's, you know, it's the, the fledgling world of international professional women's cricket. Um, you get these gaps in uh, ability because, you know, they, those leaps make such a big difference. It's basic stuff. And um, what I was listening to the TMS coverage of the second ODI um, and one of the commentators was talking about basic things like having time to practice fielding. Now, if you're, if you're a semi-pro and you're training twice a week, you're training your, your main skills, right? You're not going to spend an hour working on backing up and what you do when the ball gets hit to that position and, and throws a weak hand or, yeah. or taking 60 catches, 50 catches. Mm. As soon as you go pro, that's your warm up. Every day you're going to do 20 shies at the stumps, 50 boundary catches. If you're a slipper, you'll take 100 slip catches. That's that's the the difference. Now the women, England women's team, yeah, they are professional, but the that is the depth. That is the depth of professional cricket. When they play the standard below, when they play for their county or, or region, or even when they play in the hundred. To be honest, there are, there are players in the hundred that are not full time cricketers on, on on the women's side of the game. What happens is that the level of intensity falls and the the we were talking there about how some players can kind of dominate the game a little bit or there are mm. some people playing way above. That is still happening, I think, in in women's cricket in, in England. Um you're I think on on a region by region basis, they did just expand the number of full time contracts. I yeah. think it's like two plus two per region plus the England team or something like that. Mm. So you're actually looking at a pool of 45, 50 yeah. professional women yeah, yeah. versus a much, well, a, you know, a slightly larger pool in Australia that get paid better and have been doing it for longer. And, yeah. and that gap will take a while to close. Um, mm. The You have to say, you have to say here, this Australia team, didn't just dominate they they ran away with the whole series they they had let they let england have a go in the test it was really close <laughs> but they, yeah. they but day by rights could have they could have just batted out that day if it hadn't rained they'd have, they'd have won the match if there'd been five days they'd have won the match easily there were two rained off t20s which is where england picked up another two of their points do you think they'd have won either of them i think it's probably unlikely um the, if anything, the gap between England and Australia, I thought that it might have narrowed slightly because I, I thought we'd be looking at, you know, sort of the second generation of pro cricketer from England. But maybe, maybe I mean, it the, was, it the was third generation. You, you know, you sure. consider that. So. Sure, sure. Maybe the third generation of Australian professional women's cricketers is just like an arms race. It's just a bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fair play. Um, I don't, I, I think quite a few of that, that Australia team will go down as all-time greats mm. um i think they're they're there's some you know fantastic well, at least perry already is so. well yeah you, i mean you got you got perry you got um you have uh meg lanning uh, beth yep. mooney play with a metal jaw it's yeah. um, liquid it's, diet playing it's in the talia mcgrath i mean i i can't i i can't right now think of a better 
player in women's cricket than Tylee McGrath. Every, every time she gets the ball, it, she improves the situation of the team <laughs> she's played for, whether it's batting, bowling or fielding. It's diving catches here, fucking wickets there, uh, runs. Um, Something yeah, in so the that, name, isn't there? They're really good. It, it does disappointingly mean that England sent two teams to Australia and won zero matches across both Ashes series. Yeah. Um, maybe they should send the under-19s on a little tour. <laughs> um, the England A team, the men's A team, they lost as well, didn't they? The Lions, <laughs> was, yeah. Um... They did so and badly. I think... They just sent them all home. They did so badly. I think there was a women's A tour and I think they lost all their matches as well. So it's... Um... A shellacking. Good, well done. A shellacking. Um, Do we want to to finish off the show with a little bit of T20 action? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, let's go to uh, Pakistan. The PSL, PSL Corner Mm. is what we're calling it. Um, Now, we are at a point in the tournament um, where all of the six franchises, or I'm not sure they're franchises, teams, clubs, cricket, cricket unions, um, (laughs) cricket, teams have played five matches um it's it it has almost a symmetry to it has no actually has a perfect symmetry to it the table um in terms of the the team at the top they've won five out of five the team at the bottom lost five out of five then you've got a three and two a three and two a two and three and a two and three which is pleasing pleasing. it is pleasing you know if you if you have um what ross would probably describe as a slightly autistic mind that (laughs) That actually, I'm looking at it now. Also known I'm as happy. a male mind. <laughs> I like that. And the general consensus in this tournament so far, Max, is that the the quality of cricket has been extremely high. Um, not just, though, here in terms of, of what people are producing on the field. And we'll get to a couple of the highlights in a minute, I think. Um, but in terms of the, the tactical awareness and the strategy that each team is is bringing to the table basically and i'm going to juxtapose this against the ipl and and that will annoy a portion of our Mm. audience so i can see from the look on your face there you're thinking no not more no 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 bring it it. controversy i don't think most of the ipl teams are strategically or tactically at this level i think mumbai indians are i think chennai super kings usually are Mm. apart from that I think most of the other IPL franchises are about two to five years behind. But I, I don't think that surprises me saying that because we're not the very kind, thinking. are we? We're not very kind no, that a lot is of the true. time yeah. about the way they yeah. perform. Yeah. You know. Somebody said, somebody said, Max, that they would would have signed up as a Patreon if we weren't nasty to Doni on the last um, on the last podcast. Uh, they, they know, they, I, they know I'm a CSK fan. Come uh, on, yeah, well, exactly, yeah, die hard. I wrote a song about I wrote a song about Donny at Christmas. Come on, man, don't give me that shit. <laughs> um, we weren't even that bad. We, what did we say? We said that Donny's a good number nine, and yeah, he is. He is. He, he is a really number good number nine. nine. Yeah. And that you can't tell how good he is at wicket keeping because he's got camouflage gloves, so you can't yeah. you can't see. Um, and that was it. And I think Ross made a joke about him being a permanent first slip. Um, and also, Ross did want to replace him with um, Quinton Mohamed. Mohammed Azraddin or Quinton, yeah, yeah, which which isn't going to happen. Um, yeah, it's. Um, but let's get back to the PSL because what we've done there is divert into it's the derailed. IPL. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell you what, good way for the IPL to just assimilate the PSL that solved so many people's problems. Sixteen um, teams. You know, let's, 
Well, no, but also, <laughs> but also you can have the IPL PSL window as one thing. It's three months long, cricket diplomacy. Um, you also get some proper grudge matches, some real rivalry. Um, it gets the Pakistan players in the IPL, which they should, you know, is is from a neutral point of view, pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna divert back out. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to Indo-Pakistani relationships. South Korea T20 uh, franchise tournament. Yeah. Well, look, and the the Israel-Palestine one. If it worked, then we've got a model for solving all sorts of problems, haven't we? The Yugoslav Cricket League, Mm. Ireland cricket. Um, (laughs) Um, America. That's quite a divided nation. Maybe Major League Cricket is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. So here's. I've I've talked to her, but what I'm saying is that this tournament's really good. You should tune into it. Do you want some highlights from the PSL? Yes, please. Okay, so we've talked about how high quality the cricket is. We're going to start with an amazing highlight. Hassan Ali in the dressing room playing Ludo and shouting at his teammates. Uh, I don't know what he was shouting about. Uh, he was speaking Urdu, I assume. Maybe um, his opponent landed on his piece and sent him back to his home square. It's it's really good. Yeah, well, it was a bit like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I'd not seen a grown man play Ludo ever. It's a it's. It, I played Ludo when I was a kid. It was hmm. you know roll a dice. Um, someone rolls a dice. Hassan Ali isn't happy with the roll of the dice or or the outcome or whatever it is. Maybe he did get sent home. I don't really even know where there can be a dispute in Ludo. It doesn't seem like one of those games with a lot of grey area. <laughs> um, but, but but it but it all kicks off. Um, that's on the internet. Um, Hassan Ali also this week was talking about how he didn't sleep for two days after he dropped that catch in the World Cup. Um, poor him. But he's, oh. it's good to see him take out some of that raw emotion uh, on teammates in in the dressing room uh, yeah. whilst playing Ludo. Uh, most of the team did seem to find it quite funny. Um, what I want to know, really, if anyone is a, is is able to speak Urdu, could you translate? what he was talking about um cricket is playing board games maybe we need that's part of mm. the psl corner um second uh, probably the biggest news uh, particularly from an england point of view is the the jason roy mayhem um i'm assuming you saw this max yeah one game 116 runs at 203 good good yeah. effort he, he just walks, in time for the auction he walks out of his um hotel quarantine where he'd been <laughs> tweeting daily pictures of, of the food he'd been receiving um, slightly tongue in cheek. It was a very Chris Nash vibe to, to Jason Roy's Instagram. I like it. Um, mm. I think J- Jason Roy would be, a, a you know, when he retires, he'd be a good person to tap up for a little bit of podcast action three or four times a year, get Jason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's still be going. Well, you know, well, when we get up to a hundred million um, mm. Patreon subscribers, yeah, <laughs> we know, we'll buy us. him. We'll buy him for our IPL franchise, first yeah. name. Um, however, however proud of the future it was. Uh, playing against the Quetta Gladiators, or playing for, sorry, the Quetta Gladiators, against uh, Shaheen Afridi's mob, the Lahore Calanders. Mm. Uh, he went completely nuclear. Uh, in fact, Max, have you seen, did you see this week in Oxford, um, some scientists did nuclear fusion and they generated did, yes. quite a lot of energy doubled, from it doubled the energy that's been cre- ever been created from yeah fusion. yeah, yeah. Wow. 1997 the last time that they they had anything well they beat the record from 1997 um giving humanity uh, a tiny ray of hope a fighting chance yeah in our mortal battle for climate change gandalf v the balrog we're gandalf climate change is the balrog 
Mm. Um, and I, I don't know. That's fitting, fiery, hot. What's fusion in that? Um, Gandalf sword, glam drink. Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my recommendation would be they abandon all that research and they just look into whatever Jason Roy is producing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think if you could harness the power of Jason Roy, um, it would be it would be over tomorrow. We could all have as many cars as we wanted and drive them up and down the the road, clogging up traffic. Uh, it would be it would be no problem. Uh, we could we could mine as much Bitcoin as as we possibly could, and it wouldn't lead to the downfall of any nation states like Kazakhstan, <laughs> uh, because Jason Roy would be you know behind. Behind the old operation, 50 off 20 balls, 149. He slowed down a little bit, fell for 116 off 56. And his team chased 204 with three balls to spare. He was tonking everyone. Uh, Shaheen, get out of town. Spinner comes on. Is he weak against spin? No, just fucking flat batting them <laughs> into the stadium. It was genuinely awesome. So it was one of those times. It doesn't happen that often, particularly with the PSL. There were Indian guys in our cricket club WhatsApp being like, turn on Sky Sports and watch Jason Roy batting right now. Yeah. Uh, it was great. And uh, to cap it all, Max, and I really like this, to cap it all, Viv Richards is the coach. And he's like doing his cool Viv thing, nodding <laughs> away in the background. Yeah, David Gowers <laughs> on the mic. It was it was brilliant stuff. And, and oh, it, you know, really genuinely, go, go and watch the highlights. Whenever Jason Roy plays next, tune in to, to that. Um, it was It was for a bowler's league. That's what they say about the PSL. It was it was a fucking innings and a half. Well, yeah, but um, so I mean, we were t- so last time we were talking about this. Uh, I think we'd just seen the first victory by a team batting first, right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, there were eight in a row. <laughs> yeah, no, that's one of my notes. Yeah, I said it was a bowlers league and a little bit predictable <laughs> because the team that won the toss always batted second and always won. Uh, and then they won, or the team back first won eight matches in a row. Um, so that's why that's sort of what I mean when I when I was talking a little bit about how the strategy and the tactics and so on in, in, in the PSL are, are quite advanced. Well, I think when you see the team winning, batting first and winning on a roughly equal basis to the team that bats second wins, mm. then what you're looking at there are a team that really know the numbers, really done the strategy, got good analysts, got players that buy in to how T20 should be played in 2022. Um, when you see the team back first post 130 and it get gunned down in 15 overs by the opposition's openers, um, <laughs> then you're watching a bit head scratchy. You're yeah. watching bad cricket. You're watching people who don't know what they're doing. Um, and I, I really, I can't impress this upon you yeah. enough. Either that, that or Trent bolts at four for five in two overs, and you're like, yeah. well, that's that then. Well, yeah. Um, there's another news story. It's kind of the opposite of Jason Roy. We're going to talk about the Karachi Kings. Now, I said there was a team that had won five matches. They're the Molten Sultans, but they're not going to feature in this PSL corner. Um, we're talking about the Karachi Kings, who are bottom, because we like failure on this podcast. Um, it's, it's something which we celebrate. Um, no wins in five matches. Their owner has come out and on Twitter actually offered a public apology for how bad the team is. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, Karachi. We, we tried to put together the best team, but things just haven't gone our way. We've been outclassed by the other teams. We had all these injuries and COVID. I love this team as much as the fans of hashtag Karachi. We will try and fix it. Shall come back, inshallah. Um, it's gone wrong. Do you want to know what the main problem is, Max? I'd love to. 
Well, five is bad, isn't it? That's, yeah, five defeats in five much. matches. Well, they have a problem. One of the nice things about watching leagues that aren't the IPL is you get a little bit of exposure to some players that you wouldn't otherwise see. Now, Karachi, for some reason, they have made this guy I've never heard of um, called Babarazm, the captain. <laughs> and he is fucking awful. Like, he couldn't be worse at T20 cricket. I was talking up how the other teams know what they're doing. These boys are the exception. They're the whipping boys. They get yeah. waxed in every match. They don't know how how, how the, the the game is supposed to work, and they've they've let this this Asm bloke off the leash and given him carte blanche, not Dhoni style, to bat down the order and be rubbish. He's opening the batting max. Uh, he stinks the place out every single match. Yeah. Well, he just, scored a hundred sort of seven hundred forty eight runs. He's the top scorer by three hundred runs in 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 history of the PSL. Not in last in, year. Yeah. yeah, but this is that's that includes last year's PSL. This year he has 194 runs at straight strike rate of 118. Now we were talking about scientists. Oh, wow. We were talking about scientists a minute ago in Oxford doing nuclear fusion. Um, the University of Lahore uh, are actually there's a big debate between the University of Lahore and the University of Karachi about whether Babarazm's scoring rate is so slow that it is actually imperceptible to the human eye. Um, mm. it's, it's, you know, it's a huge thing in the Pakistani scientific community about whether you actually can see him cu- accumulate runs or, or whether it's like looking, looking at a rock. Faster. Yes. Well, bamboo definitely grows faster, but they, you can see that if you stare at bamboo, it is perceptible. Yeah. It's like the, the formation of, um, I, I believe they're called igneous rocks. Mm. Um, that imperceptible to the human eye. Is Babarazm as slow as, as that? We're not absolutely sure. Um, I hope to bring you the update at, at, at the PSL Corner next week. Um, and that is sort of it. Uh, it is really funny watching Babarazm be bad, uh, just as it is funny to watch Kale Rahul be bad uh, and Virat Kohli be bad. Um, there's nothing better than a player who should be way better than they are um, <laughs> being crap purely because of ego. Uh, and, and it's it's the fucking textbook situation. It, it's brilliant. Uh, PSL, double thumbs up. The only downside, and there is a negative here, the only downside is that we're they're moving venues and the matches will no longer be played at the Colonel Gaddafi International <laughs> Cricket Stadium or the Mama, uh Gaddafi International Cricket Stadium, which is, mm. um, which is the funniest cricket stadium name. Mm. Uh, most ridiculous cricket. I mean, the, the fact that it happened in the first place, yeah. That's ridiculous. The fact that uh, in 2022, when you have all of these progressive cricket clubs who know what they're doing and are worldly and, and have the, you know this, this, this wonderful talent in their sides, that they have um, a stadium named after a man who blew up an aeroplane, uh, to make a political point. Um, you, couldn't, <laughs> you could make it up. Um, but it would sound but dumb no shit. one would believe you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's PSL Corner. I'm happy with that. Um, David Gower on the mic. It's good. It's good. We got him there, right? We got him yeah. there. Yeah. Anything else, Max, is that, that we need to add to the docket at the last minute? Any other business? None that I am uh, aware of. Just, uh, just, just to remember to come and like and subscribe. Always on the docket, that. Always on the docket. And Patreon. Last reminder, patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod for the love of God. Head over there now. It's in the show notes. Um, and we will be back. I think we want to do a Q&A on the IPL pre, pre-auction Q&A. We've got there's fucking loads of IPL stuff. It's all, it's all happening. Um, do you want to say goodbye or shall I? You can do it. Bye. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.